Well, hello, and welcome to Sips and Sensibility, a podcast where three best friends from college talk about Jane Austen adaptations. This season, we're discussing persuasion. I'm Julia. I'm Beth. And I'm Lori. Today, we're discussing the new and some might say infamous 2022 (laughs) Netflix adaptation of Persuasion. You can watch this adaptation on Netflix. Remember to give us a follow on Instagram at Sips and Sensibility Pod and give us a like on Facebook. Also, please remember to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We love to know your thoughts and it really helps us out. Before we dive into this adaptation, the Austin world has a lot of thoughts and I'm sure, I'm sure we all do too. I have to know, ladies, what you sipping? Well, uh, I am taking a page from Beth's book from last time and I am sipping legitimately sipping on a sun pop frozen cocktail it uh comes in a popsicle tube um but don't let it fool you it is alcoholic um take note that i said sipping this has been in the freezer for two days (laughs) wow that sounds nice um i am sipping on a classic Beth beverage as of late, which is an AHA. Oh, yes. And I have returned. I have tried numerous flavors, but I have returned to the tried and true blueberry pomegranate. It's the Ah. first one that I tried, and I really like it. It's just nice, refreshing, great for a hot Sunday afternoon. What about you, Julia? Well, today, Austin and I actually just got back from a little weekend getaway uh, for our anniversary. It was really fun. We're on the beach where I love to be. And so I will be reviewing something I got from a local coffee shop yet again called an Island Mocha. It's uh, a latte with uh, mocha and coconut syrup. So Mm. I'll be sure to let y'all know how that is. Well, that that sounds very delightful. I'm glad you all are enjoying your respective beverages. <laughs> I'm very interested to hear about how the like popsicle thing is. Yeah, I've already got thoughts. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I guess we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait to hear them. Yes. Um well as Julia said today, we're talking about the twenty twenty two persuasion. I've seen so many thoughts, but the three of us have refrained from discussing it. And so I'm really, really excited to know what you guys think. Um, and a lot of times with these kinds of movies, we'll do like summaries, but because this one is, it's different. It's not as like tried and true. Mm -hmm. Just keep that in mind, uh, during today's episode and we'll talk about a lot of the differences, but we won't be able to, to get to all of them, but we'll, we'll definitely be sure to, to point out some of the bigger ones. So, all right, now's the time. Tell me what you thought. Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did you love it? If I, what are your thoughts? If I'm being honest, I'm a little bit worried for all of us to share our thoughts because this is divisive. I okay, I'll go first. I'll I'll breach these waters. <laughs> um, 
as everyone knows, I am a devout TikTok fan. I love TikTok. I'm on it all the time. Um, So avoiding all of the persuasion spoilers, quote unquote spoilers, for how everyone's reacted to the Netflix adaptation has been difficult. And I've seen a few. Uh, I've tried to quickly scroll to keep my mind pure uh, and without judgment going into this, you know, as Julia reminded me, go in with an open mind. Um, But everything I heard before going in was not great. And it kind of lived up to that hype of being not great. I, I'm kind of conflicted. The Jane Austen lover in me and the person that wants, you know, a good book adaptation is kind of like screaming and groaning and there were several times where I'm not gonna lie I clicked 10 seconds forward on the movie (gasps) because I just I couldn't I couldn't deal with it Mm, no Um, that's cheating and I was like you know what I'm not dealing with the awful secondhand embarrassment oh my gosh um but I will say there's another part of me that thinks that this could be a very good um and don't shoot me when I say this, but a very good kind of pop culture entry for people into Jane Austen um, because it is it completely accurate? Absolutely not. Do they kind of really mess with some major things? Yes. But for anybody that doesn't know period pieces, and let's be real, this kind of wasn't really a period piece. Um and kind of once a fun, I'm going to say, Bridgerton-esque take on Jane Austen um, without all the sex, you know. Uh, I would say this kind of works. But if you know anything about Jane Austen, you probably will not like this. <laughs> Wait, so so what did you think, though? Oh, personally? Mm-hmm. Oh, I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> okay. Um, I, yes, the movie's pretty, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. I can see what they were trying to do, but the, they took Anne, and they tried, they, they really tried to modernize it in a really horrible way with the writing, and I kind of want to have a really long talk with the script writers and try and figure out what they were thinking because within the first 10 seconds of the movie you hear the word persuaded and it's like okay that's the tone we're going to set for mm-hmm. this film and then like I understand that this movie and I understand that this book is hard to add is hard to adapt into a film is it well, I in the in the aspect of you know like we're in Anne's head the whole time, you know. I'll give, so you, like I'll give trying, you that. Trying to convey that, you know, last time we had diary entries that kind of helped with that. However, I cannot take personally as a TV movie watcher the direct address to the audience breaking the fourth wall like that was driving me insane if I had to meet Dakota Johnson's eyes one more time and listen to her say some sort of weird millennial spin 
as she pours red wine all down her head, I I I was gonna lose my mind. Interesting. <laughs> oh no. Personally, I think I feel I definitely feel differently than you, Lori. Oh, here we go. Personally. <laughs> So, okay, I didn't like it, and I also didn't hate it. I'm just kind of in the middle, I guess. There are parts of it I really liked, parts of it I didn't like. I feel conflicted, I suppose. I think that probably it was, if I had not known the story of Persuasion, and if I wasn't this huge Austin fan, then I think I would think it was a fine movie. Mm-hmm. It. But to me, this is this is what's bothering me a little bit about what you said, because you said you feel like it's a good entrance to Austin. And to me, what this movie has lost is its Jane Austen-ness. Like this yeah. to me in no way is a is a reflection really of Jane Austen. Because they changed a lot of parts of the story, right? Like we got scenes with Wentworth and Anne where they talk about their feelings that we never had in the book. Mm-hmm. And honestly, to me, that didn't bother me that much. Like from a movie watching romantic perspective, I really enjoyed those scenes, but it's like the bigger overarching changes that they made. Like for instance, completely changing Anne's character and making her like sassy, making her talk back. Um, it's those things that to me made it lose its Austin-ness. Mm. Like mm. whatever, change the time period of the costumes, like add in some extra scenes, uh, all of that, change the details, whatever. But like the fundamental nature of the movie was, or of the story was changed to me mm-hmm. in the aspects that made it truly a Jane Austen book with like all the nuance and everything that was lost because she, there's so much exposition that you as like the reader or the viewer don't have to learn anything or pick up on anything on your own. It's all told to you from the very beginning. Yeah, I I get that. I guess I was just trying to say that, like, if you, because I agree, I agree with you. Um, I don't think that this is really Jane Austen. I just, I think if you have never read any of the books at all, you don't care at all anything about Jane Austen and you just watch this film, you'll probably like it. And I think, I guess that's what I meant more than how I said it. But yeah, like if you're, if you're trying to like Regency dramas, this might feel a bit better if you're used to like, um oh what's the show river banks urban banks outer banks outer Outer banks Banks. wow can you tell i don't watch it (laughs) (laughs) julia what do you think yeah so i think you know the original question of do we like the film um i have from listening to you all talk some hot takes i suppose mm. oh wow i agree with both of you in some ways uh in terms of an intro to jane austen one aspect that this adaptation got right that thus far again i've only seen the 2007 persuasion but thus far it's the only adaptation to have gotten 
the comedic aspect of persuasion right in my opinion that's that's the, true. the ridiculousness of the family was captured oh my gosh that was so great. <laughs> well um and i thought that was very austin she loves that family comedy Anne's character not true the book in any way her personality was completely changed to be fair the 2007 persuasion also changed her character they made her boring and bland and shaky and nervous all the time was this maybe a further departure yes but here is here is how i feel about the movie regardless of whether or not it's a good intro to austin as an adaptation this is mediocre Okay. As a movie away from the book, I really enjoyed it. When I took myself out of looking at it as an adaptation, I really did enjoy this movie. I thought it was really funny. When I looked back and analyzed it as an adaptation of Persuasion, and even in the moment watching it, there were some changes that they made that really bothered me, one of which definitely being Anne's character. And I think we'll probably get into this a little bit more when we talk and dissect the characters. Um, but there were some changes that were made to the storyline that I didn't think were huge deals. Um, but the changes to Anne's character specifically did bother me. I think the tone of the film was really fun. And I preferred watching this as a comedy a little bit more to watching it as a drama. Um, I also think that there were some characters that were adapted really, really, really well. Just maybe not our heroine. <laughs> yeah, I think I can see where you're coming from because when I watched it, like while I was watching it, I thought I need to watch this twice. Mm -hmm. I need to watch it. The first time I watch it, there's just, there's no holding back like yeah. the gut reactions yeah. I'm going to have mm -hmm. when Anne announces at dinner that Charles <laughs> proposed to her first. Like what I cannot hold back my like, you know what the heck when she tells the dowager my accountants she had a dream that she was an octopus an sucking octopus? her own face those moments i was like Anne yes. would never she would never she like would i never. looked at ben so many times and said she would never do this yeah. and so i ha i have to watch it like that right because this this is like kind of who we are we mm -hmm. talk about austin yeah. we love these works like i feel like i know this book really well I do think it's worth watching again mm -hmm. with knowing like all the changes that they made, like knowing those moments are going to make me angry because I did appreciate a lot of it. I really, and that's what I meant. Like what I said, I was conflicted earlier. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really liked the comedy. I really liked some of the characters. It's, it's Anne that is largely different mm -hmm. and that makes it not persuasion. Right. Because she is the main character of the book and so many people identify with her that yeah we can identify with the Anne in this movie but it's not the same people who can identify with the Anne in the book like it's it is a very different person yeah and I think that's something that's forcing me to or not forcing me but that makes me really not like this film is like y'all y'all know <laughs> you've lived with me and are, have been friends with me for forever. I'm not a huge rom-com gal. That's just not my film. I like things blowing up or I like straight Regency, you know, like that sort of a thing. The painfully secondhand embarrassment, I just, I can't handle it. So like a Jane Austen adaptation 
for me, kind of fulfills that role of girly rom-com, I guess. Um, And just the minute that this film kind of started going more that way, because I agree, like, as a standalone work, this movie works as a good rom-com. Like, I think it does. But I just personally it is not a film for me because I can't handle Dakota Johnson winking at the camera and like saying things on the side I just I can't handle that yeah personally the fourth wall breaks have been a huge topic of debate I thought they were kind of fun I will say in terms of like rom-com vibe of the film I thought that was pretty refreshing because I think that comedy always, always, always gets lost in Austin adaptations because they're Mm -hmm. all about this has to be serious. This has to be drama. But her family is insane. And that's (laughs) something that we're supposed to notice. She's like the straight man to her family's like Joey from Friends. You know what I mean? And so anyway, I really liked that aspect of the film. So I feel like I need to stick up a little bit for the tone in that way I I do understand like some of the fourth wall breaks the things that she would say were not very in character of her but I do think that that secondhand embarrassment from the family I feel like it's true to the vibe of Austin it just doesn't feel that way because that's the thing that goes first in adaptations all right let's let's (laughs) put our thoughts and feelings aside for just a moment (laughs) as hard as it may be um, and let's talk about what other people thought. So this is a 43. <laughs> Y'all, it hurt to put this. It has a 43 Metacritic score. as a 5.6 out of 10 on IMDb, which like truly is is not that bad. It's not as bad as I thought it was going to compared be. Compared to a lot of the things that we watch and talk about. Now, it does have a 36% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 64% audience score. So it's it's looking pretty rotten. And besides yeah. that, there's just, you know, there are the comments from Austin fans. Like fan, there's the, like people who like it and people who don't like it. I, I would say like overwhelmingly Austin purists for the most part are not liking it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but that's and, not true. That's not true across the board necessarily. Yeah, I I agree. For the most part, from what I've seen, and I think Julia in a second might pull up our uh, questions from the other day and send some of your opinions out. But from what I've seen on the Jane Austen TikTok universe and Twitter and everything, is that like most people are scandalized is to put it nicely I guess at what Netflix did to Anne's character I think that truly is the main kind of sticking point right now that I've seen is like they took Anne and they modernized the language and they changed the costumes and they made Anne a millennial manic pixie dream girl and tried to put that back into Jane Austen and Regency is kind of what I've seen from book purists on TikTok. And I can definitely see some of their points. So I think that's a really good transition to go ahead and start talking about the character of Anne. So Anne, 
Our heroine is played by Dakota Johnson, who you may have seen uh, in an interesting variety of films. Uh, she was in the Fifty Shades of Grey series as the character Anastasia Steele. And she was in the film The Peanut Butter Falcon as Eleanor. Uh, she plays our Anne in this adaptation. As we've said, her character has transformed. I actually saw on Instagram quite a few of you mentioned that it seems like adaptations are trying to transform every heroine into Lizzie Bennet. And I definitely see where that's coming from. This is in no way the calm, cool, and collected Anne that we know from the books. Um, I do think that in some scenes we see that, especially the emergency scenes, collarbones dislocating, Louisa falling. We see a calm and composed Anne, uh, but there are quite a few moments that we mentioned earlier. She mentions a weird octopus dream to the Countess. She mentions that Charles wanted to marry her first. She mentions or she yells out of a window Frederick's name and then dives mm-hmm. back underneath the window so he won't see her when she's been drinking too much wine. And then pours said wine all over her head. That's not Anne. So, but with the, all of that said, what did you think of Dakota Johnson's portrayal of this version of Anne? I think that's the key point that we have to look at here is removing... Dakota Johnson's acting of book Anne and placing it as her portraying movie Anne because I did like Dakota Johnson's acting I thought she did very well um I think she took the script that she was given and ran with it um she embodied the character I thought very well and consistent like I don't I didn't see any like weird because we do get those weird pockets of book Anne I didn't see it as a complete crazy change um in her acting I think her chemistry with other people was pretty good did I wish a little bit more in the chemistry department yes but the the way that they wrote this film probably didn't lend itself super to that yeah I think acting wise like Lori mentioned that Dakota did a really good job um I thought she embodied the character really well I do feel like it is still important though to talk about like what we normally talk about in this section like this is a different Anne Mm -hmm. the book Anne and one of the things that that spoke to that really well for me is that uh, like at one point Captain Wentworth even says to her uh, you'd never have any trouble speaking for yourself. You're so bold like that. That's not, that's not her. And that's, that's not who she is. And while I do like this character and I find the character be character to be really intriguing. And I find Dakota's performance to be like really well-rounded and um, kind of gripping. It's just so, it's so not the end that we know and love. And something that I read, uh, someone pointed out that, Louisa is more of the Anne from the book mm-hmm. than this Anne is. And it's just a very interesting juxtaposition to me to see Dakota's Anne versus Louisa in this film. Um, and think about how her version of Anne is more similar maybe to 
the Louisa we get in the books. I loved Dakota's performance, but I did not think that her performance looked like Anne. You know, I, I thought that, like Beth was saying, it was really fun to watch her, but she was not Anne. And again, I do think that is largely because of the script. Um, we did mention some of the fourth wall breaks, looks to camera. I thought that was a really interesting look into Anne's mind, honestly. Her family would say some ridiculous things and she would kind of look to camera. I thought that was a fun nod to Anne's kind of sensible nature with her ridiculous family. Some things that did really bother me though, like we talked about, she is just so outspoken and bold and that's not Anne. There was even a scene where Captain Wentworth talks to Anne on the beach at Lyme. It's added in. And yeah. uh, Captain Wentworth is telling Anne, you're so calm under pressure. You're so good in an emergency. You'd be an amazing ship captain. That scene, I thought that was a fun scene, like a fun way to see, okay, they mm-hmm. do still have mm-hmm. this connection. This is what Captain Wentworth really likes about Anne. That was something we felt like we were missing in the 2007 adaptation. That scene obviously does not happen in the book. I thought it was an interesting idea. I thought it was a good scene, but I did think that it was very out of place in this movie because calm under pressure and we don't really, we don't see that. She's calm in an emergency where someone's injured. She is not calm Mm -hmm. when she feels Mm -hmm. uncomfortable at all. And that to me is like a staple part of Anne's personality. I will get to this when we talk about Captain Wentworth. I did not think that the pining, we were able to see the pining um, in some moments where pining is at its extreme because of some changes they made to the script. We got some great moments. Anne's, you know, crying in the bathtub. She's sobbing on a pillow in privacy. Some of those showed the pining earlier on in the film, but they did change the script from the book. And once mm-hmm. Anne is in bath, when Louisa gets engaged, Anne immediately believes it's Captain Wentworth and is not corrected until much, much, much later on. And that's actually a change that happened in the 2007 persuasion. So there was a part of me that was like, did you guys like read the book, like half of the book and then watch the 2007? Because (laughs) they kept some of the weird changes that the 2007 persuasion made. And I was like blown away because I did not like those changes. So Anne's first interaction Mm -hmm. with Captain Wentworth when they're stopped in a shop in the rain, she's talking to him yes. like she thinks he's engaged to someone else and trying to make him jealous. And in those moments, Anne is supposed to know that he's not engaged and be like just dying on the inside and and pining and and wanting to to talk to him and figure out how he's doing so, so badly to figure out where she stands. And we don't get that. And I hated that. So anyway... Yeah, it was funny. I noticed that too, that there's some of the things that were in the 2007 that they also did in this one. I was like, did they just like watch that movie Mm -hmm. and get inspired? Yeah, it was was very strange. Even down to Captain Wentworth standing up in the middle of the concert and walking out. Why are they doing that? Yeah, why? That was the biggest one to me because it happened exactly like it Mm -hmm. happens in the other movie. Even the running through the streets of Bath. Yes. The running was not as long, but it did happen. So mm-hmm. now that we've mentioned Captain Wentworth getting up in the concert hall, we have to we have to talk about Captain Wentworth. Captain Wentworth was portrayed 
in this adaptation by Cosmo Jarvis, who has recently been in the film It Is In Us All as Hamish Considine. He was in the film Funny Face as Saul, in Nocturnal as Pete, in the TV show Peaky Blinders as Barney. Uh, He's been in a few other TV series, but how did you all feel about Cosmo Jarvis's portrayal of Captain Wentworth? I know I have quite a few thoughts. I I liked it. I think for me, a lot of this is looking at the characters through this new script. I just, I can't look at this as a super true to the book adaptation, I guess. But I do think that he somehow managed to get a little bit more of Book Wentworth in there. Um, I liked his acting for the most part. I do agree that that chemistry I was talking about um, earlier with Anne, I think that could have been a little bit better. Um, some of that is just, you know, they're not together for a good chunk of time. So you don't really get those interactions. Um, but overall, I did like his acting. I did like how later in the movie, you do see that pining. Um, there's a great moment where you can like see his face kind of just die when Mr. Elliot is talking about them getting married and him coming to their wedding. I did, um, you know, like that express expressiveness that he did have, but I don't, I don't know the, the, the chemistry between him and Dakota Johnson just wasn't super doing it for me but I did like his acting overall. Yeah, personally, I really liked the chemistry. I thought that this movie was far and away a better, uh, well, I, I don't know. In a lot of ways, it felt like a better romance to me than other films. And I think that's because we got more time with them. Like I really mm-hmm. missed in the last one, in the in the, um, the 2007 that we watched, I really missed that like love and connection between them and like really believing that there was romance and affection there. Uh, I felt like I really got to see that in this one and I liked it and I liked the addition of those scenes. Some of them were better than others. Like when he asked her if they could just be friends, like, Ooh, that one, that one was a little bit cringy to me, but you know, I think overall I liked him. I thought he did a really good job portraying the character. He was like a very, Um, he was a very attractive Wentworth to me. Like Mm he, he, you know, he knew what he want more and he was more honest about what he wanted. And that's not really Wentworth, but, but I did like that, you know, if we, if I'm taking it away (laughs) from trying to hold on to it so tightly with the book, like I really liked that. And it made sense to have like this kind of Anne be with this kind of Wentworth to me so I I liked that as well and I think Cosmo Jarvis did a really great job of acting of acting that Mm. role and he held his own against Dakota which I think is kind of hard to do in this setting I'm gonna be honest I felt like Captain Wentworth's character was one of the characters that stayed the most true to the novel to me and I loved Cosmo Jarvis in this role (laughs) oh my gosh honestly he was a just a huge part of the reason that I like this movie at all. 
I mean, I thought it was I thought it was funny. I liked the comedy, but Cosmo Jarvis was amazing. And I thought he did such a wonderful job with the character arc of Captain Wentworth. And I think that's mm. something that we've talked about. Usually the heroines have a big character arc, like Lizzie and Marianne, all these characters, Emma, and Anne kind of stays stable. But Captain went and not in this film obviously but but in the novel <laughs> but captain wentworth is really the one who goes through these changes where at the beginning of the book he's still kind of resenting anne and then he grows to realize oh my gosh i still am and have always been in love with her and i thought that he just you could see it all over his face um i think one scene that they added that I don't know if it would be true to Anne, but I felt like it helped you understand Captain Wentworth a little bit was they were all dining at the Musgroves and Anne keeps moving chairs to get away from (laughs) Captain Wentworth and his face watching her. It's kind of this mix of like sadness and irritation that I felt like was really good. Um, And he's kind of like just he's looking at her. And, and pining but also clearly irritated I just thought he found a perfect balance there I yeah. also thought in that scene that we were talking about in Lime on the beach where he says can we just be friends on his face I felt like I could totally see he wanted her to say I want more and she didn't and it broke him a little bit I also loved his relationship with Captain Harvel in the in the movie mm-hmm. I thought that was really sweet it was very clear that Captain Harvel knew what was going on Uh, who Anne was and I thought that was really sweet but the main thing that I want to give him props for is the second half of the film they made a lot of changes but even with those changes I felt like Cosmo's Wentworth was so so clearly pining and you could just see it all over his face and you just oh my heart was breaking for him and one of my favorite moments even though Anne ran to him through the streets and that doesn't happen she did run up and give him a hug. And in that hug, we see his face nestled in her arm. And the look on his face is just so perfect. Like you can just so clearly see this is eight years of waiting. And this man is just so surprised and so relieved and in like in such a state of peace. And I, oh my gosh, I just loved it. I can't talk enough about Cosmo Dorfus' Captain Wentworth. If I could place him in a more true adaptation, that would be perfect. Well, we'll just tune into the into the season. Yeah, we I, when we cast our own persuasion, mm-hmm. you'll just have to tuck that one away. You know, I, I thought he was really, I thought he was really good as as well. And I feel like maybe this is a good time for us to go ahead and talk about some of the changes uh, that they made from the book to the movie. We've already covered mm-hmm. a lot, obviously, but I think there's a few more specific changes that we'd like to point out. Yeah. Um, clearly, as we've discussed, Anne is a completely different person. Um, they've kept a few things, but mainly they've changed her. I think the whole script is a pretty decent deviation from the book in general Mm. I will say I felt like for the most part some of the modern dialogue they were just trying to make it funnier and it didn't need that and sometimes it worked for me and sometimes it very much did not work Mm -hmm. like there's a specific line like 
she's Anne's talking about Mr. Elliot and she's like, he's a 10 and I never trust a 10. And in my head, okay, yeah. for me, I was like, okay, I see what you're trying to get, but that is not what the line says. And that makes Anne seem shallow and she's not shallow. Yeah. There was lots of talks of people as numbers, like her family were tens at their house. And then when they moved to I Bath, they'll be 15s. Kind of <laughs> yeah. Like a, a five there is a 10 in Bath. Yeah, like, like what? I mean, it's funny, but about? it just rubbed me the wrong way. To, yeah, to have that in in this because I hate when people talk about rating people in real life, even if it's a joke. Like I hate it, mm-hmm. and so it bothered me to have it in here. I think the reason I thought it was funny was because I feel like her family, like their vanity, they would a hundred percent do that. You know? <laughs> anyway. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was definitely accurate to the family. I just yeah. They definitely tried to put 2022, broadly speaking, language into a period piece. And it just it didn't really work in some places. Mm-hmm. Like a stack of musical scores is a playlist. Oh. How does that work? That was funny. I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. um, so one of the things that really stuck out to me as being odd is that Mr. Elliot just like. Yeah expresses pretty easily that he's uh interested in mrs clay like that was mm-hmm. weird yeah he's told Anne. he's yeah. like i'm here to stop her from getting married to your dad and she's yeah. like oh, yeah. okay I'm yeah and then like but yeah 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 he tells her that then but then like later on and sees mm-hmm. him like making yeah, out they're, like making her. out yeah, weird just <laughs> so wild also another really interesting change was that they were really trying to highlight Anne's friendship with the Musgrove girls. And so mm-hmm. Louisa and Anne were very close, which I think they are mm-hmm. in the book. So I didn't mind them highlighting that friendship. But Louisa tells Anne, ooh, you should go for Wentworth. And then she has this whole conversation with her where she's like, never mind, I'm going to go for him. And I just – it was a, a storyline that took up some time that I felt like could have been used elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, overall, though, a lot of the changes they made just make it so funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, Mary saying she's an empath. Oh, my God. And she just can't <laughs> handle things. So funny. Yeah. And then there's a scene, I think that they're eating breakfast or something, and then um, Anne's dad finds out that the Dalrymples are coming, mm-hmm. and he just, like, goes insane like that was one of the funniest scenes to Mm -hmm. me too it gave me like major mr woodhouse vibes Mm -hmm. um like his whole portrayal of that character uh that there's some conversations with lady russell that are Mm -hmm. quite different uh than the book yeah those are just like a couple of the things that stuck out they also cut out her friend mrs smith as well which i I mean, I do understand that, but they did it in favor of having, I think, in one instance, that conversation with the Dowager Countess where she talks about the octopus. Again, I cannot get over that. Um, (laughs) So that was interesting. Yeah. So now we've talked about how we've experienced the film, how the critics have experienced the film, how the general viewer has experienced the film and, of course, our lovely Anne and Captain Frederick Wentworth. Um, and, of course, all of those very interesting choices that were made to uh, make this an adaptation. But, ladies, it's time. What are your make it and break it? And I, I've got some extremes. 
I do have a couple of brickets. I'm sorry <laughs> to do it again, but I do. One of them was the changes at the end of the film. I talked about this in the 2007, and the changes are the same here. <laughs> uh, Wentworth storms out of the concert, and she runs after him. But the main change that bothered me was that in the scene where Captain Wentworth is writing his letter, he leaves the room, and yeah. Anne turns around and sees that there's a note on the table addressed to her. So Captain Wentworth doesn't come back in and say, oh, I forgot something, and then slyly hands it to her. She just, like, sees, oh, there's a letter on the table behind me addressed to me. I felt like that ending was really sloppy, and I felt like the changes mm -hmm. that they made to the ending took away some of the, like, really wonderful moments between them that I loved so much in the book. The confusion where she thinks for whatever reason that Louisa and Wentworth are engaged that does not happen in the book really changed those moments so much. And I just did not like that. So that was definitely a break it for me. Another break it, some of the language changes, the now we're worse than friends, we're exes. Oh, God. No, absolutely. Absolutely not. And then again, we said this so many times, but the changes that fundamentally alter Anne's character did not love. With that said, uh, I have two make-its. One being I adored the way that this film captured the comedic element of the novel, specifically in regards to Anne's family, all of them, her dad and her sisters, Mary mm -hmm. especially. Oh my gosh, hilarious. Mary was honestly her own make it for me. I felt like they did <laughs> such a good job of ca capturing the comedy of this character without turning her into a different Austin character. Like I feel like some of the adaptations that we've seen have tried to make her Mrs. Bennett or Mr. Woodhouse or whatever, but this was this was Mary from the novel and she was the worst and it was so funny. And then I guess this would be my third make it was Captain Wentworth. Oh my gosh. The pining, the feeling, just chef's kiss. Amazing. I loved Cosmo Jarvis. Mm. Those are some, some good points you made. I, I feel just, like both positive and negative. A lot of complex feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a complex uh, movie. Mm. Yeah, I think I too have like a, a couple of things to point out on both ends. As far as the things I liked, you know, we didn't really mention this, but I liked Henry Golding as Mr. Elliot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. uh, on the flip side, I don't think he got very much screen time. Mm -hmm. I think he was billed and kind of marketed as being in it more than he actually was. Yeah. So I was a little disappointed in that. I don't, f you know, there were some scenes with him and Anne, but I don't feel like we really got that most accurate representation of him from the book. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like a lot yeah. of it was lacking there, especially when he was so forthright in his, uh, his intentions to like stop Mrs. Clay from marrying, um, Anne's dad. So that, some of that bothered me because I didn't feel like he was really genu genuinely interested in her. And in the book, you do kind of get that feeling. Other things I enjoyed was I really enjoyed the changes to her family. I thought they were so funny, like her dad and Elizabeth, you know, obviously Mary, as you talked about, but also mm -hmm. her dad and Elizabeth were pretty funny in this one too. And I feel like they got, you know, that aspect of it was done justice in a way that it, it often isn't. 
And then the other thing that I really enjoyed was the set. Mm. I thought the set mm. and, and really the costuming too, even though it wasn't quite right for the period. Beautiful. I thought it was so beautiful. Uh, and Anne's bedroom at Kellynch, she has these like hand-painted florals on the wall. Mm. And I really, really loved that part. It just struck me as, as being so beautiful and such an excellent detail and was reminiscent of the 2020 mm-hmm. Emma in that way. Mm-hmm. So I really liked that as well. And then I think for me too, it's it's the language changes. I really could not stand like the hotness scale, like rating people. I thought the empath comment was pretty funny, but it still bothered me because it was so such a modern phrase. Uh, and then I also thought the bunny was really yeah. weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mentioned that to my mom. I was like... So you know how normal people have pet dogs and cats? Well, um, for some reason in this adaptation, Anne has a bunny. Yeah, it was it was just really strange. And then this isn't a make it or a break it, but that's just something I wanted to point out is that the scene where Louisa jumps and falls mm. is filmed at the same place as the 2007 mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that's because that's actually Lyme. I think so. That's what I assumed. Um and it would make sense that they would want to film there. Also, there are mm-hmm. scenes in Bath that are filmed like the exact same street as the 2007 mm-hmm. too. Yes, Ben Ben pointed that out to you. And then, sorry, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just a touch of humor is that there is a scene where the whole, um, oh gosh, I think that it is Anne and her dad and her sister and, and one other person, maybe Lady Russell, they all come in and they're sitting on a couch mm. And we get this like outward shot of them all sitting Mrs. crammed Clay. on this couch. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like the scene we get in the 2005 mm-hmm. Pride and Prejudice where the Bennets come mm-hmm. in and they're all sitting crammed on the couch. Mm-hmm. I think that they did that on purpose because it looks, oh yeah, it looks a lot like it. All right, there are my like 20 things. So, <laughs> Lori, what about this, you? This film is just a film of contradictions and complexities. I swear that should be the tagline. Um. I'll I'll start with break it. I like both of you. The language drove me crazy. Some parts I thought it was humorous and funny. Other parts it came off as trying too hard. The empath line I thought was like a funny throwaway joke. I did kind of enjoy that. Um, but the now we're exes and now we're worse than exes. We're friends. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I cannot. I can't deal with it. Um, so that kind of just killed it for me. Changing Anne's personality entirely. It's not Anne. That was a major break it. Oh, and just this is kind of more of a me personally thing, but making it lean way more modern rom-com than more like period comedy romance to me just kind of was like a weird choice. Like if you're going to modernize the language, just make a modern adaptation. Like I was getting very, very weird Bridget Jones diary vibes the entire time with like what I felt like the screenwriters were trying to do. And I thought, Hey, you know, if you maybe had put this in 2022, instead of trying to put it in period, it might have gone over better. I don't know. Uh, make it um I loved Mary Elliot she truly shined in this she was the right amount of ridiculous without going too far um 
you could truly see that like she believed everything that she said and what she said was true and um like at the end when her husband's like remember your list and she, that was pretty good there's some really good comedy bits with mary um, i also in this adaptation. i love when they come in from their nature walk and mary's just thrown over charles's shoulder <laughs> <laughs> just, just like talking to Anne from atop his shoulders so fun yes she truly honestly all the promo to her she did a great job i think the acting in this was was pretty good but my last make it i will say is this was a really pretty movie um i did like all of the scenes um all the set decoration the houses were beautiful um of course bath is beautiful itself <laughs> and so is lime but i thought the way that they did the scenery and the shots weren't like super artsy except for that one um shot when Dakota Johnson is just for some reason bathing in the ocean and just kind of like laying on her back um that was a little artsy but overall I thought it was a very very pretty movie well Lori on that note who would you date from this adaptation so I had to really think about this (laughs) um because I was conflicted I, after a long deliberation, I think I'm going to go with Captain Wentworth, of course. Such a, uh, you know, <laughs> a good choice in general. But um, a strong second choice goes straight out to Charles Musgrove, mm. our oh, Mr. Musgrove. Because one, solid just solid but also the way he handles mary Mm -hmm. is just exquisite (laughs) that's awesome and of course now you've told us who you would date why don't you tell us about your drink or in this case your popsicle i'm disappointed um i'm gonna lead with that so i went out after we filmed um last time and desperately was searching for the house wine frosé because I wanted it. Beth stoked this desire in me to find it and I couldn't. But I was at Target and you know what they say, Target will find the things for you. Um, You don't find the things at Target, right? And I was going through that like front section and there was a pack of these Sun Pops that are frozen cocktails. And I was like, oh, well, I don't have the time this weekend to like really search for this because we're leaving in a couple days and I was like well I'll try this this will be my my new fun thing um very sadly disappointed it's been in the freezer for three days um and it was not even a slushy texture it was like just barely kind of frozen and I mean it is six percent alcohol so I mean Obviously, the alcohol is not going to let it completely freeze, but it just, it melted almost instantly straight to just a drink. It's super, super sugary. Like, it's way too sweet for me. And this is the strawberry flavor. Um, yeah, I I would not recommend save your money. Try and find the house frosé. <laughs> oh, wow. 
I mean, the, to be honest, the frosé wasn't like that amazing either. But it's house wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'll redeem myself later. At the same trip to Target, I bought four cans of the Rainbow House wine. So oh I am gosh. stocked. Wow. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, well, my sparkling water was fine. I mean, it was good. It's just a nice basic stable. Yeah. staple. I had it with some Funfetti cake. Mm. that I whipped up from a box mix this afternoon so uh, it was it was honestly like a really delightful combo but to be fair my drink review is rather boring (laughs) but I do like aha (laughs) aha is my preferred brand of sparkling water how was your drink Julia oh my gosh just cannot recommend an island mocha enough (laughs) it's so so good i got it with almond milk so um was able to avoid the (laughs) accidental dairy consumption from last week good (laughs) if you know you know um (laughs) and i yeah i just feel like the island mocha is like a really great refreshing summer take on the mocha like i said it's just a mocha with coconut and it is just good so try it let me know what you think i just feel like it feels so so islandy so tropical and i'm a huge huge fan it was wonderful i wonder if you use coconut milk no it's coconut syrup do the same thing. i don't no? think it okay. would i don't think it would do the same thing um Retracting. i will also say the coffee shop that i went to it's handmade syrups so that was a oh. huge huge boost to the flavor i think of both the mocha and the coconut but probably mostly the coconut wow another stellar coffee shop recommendation Mm -hmm. from julia (laughs) i actually had a a dirty chai yesterday oh yeah it was so delightful um okay well i feel like this was a very interesting conversation (laughs) on the 2022 persuasion I honestly feel like we have more things to say. Yeah, honestly. Truly. Uh, I'm sure the three of us will chat about it at some point. But overall, just, yeah, very interesting conversation. Very interesting film. Mm -hmm. I think I would recommend that people watch it. But maybe to take that approach that we mentioned, like, watch it one time. Go into it knowing, like, with the Jane Austen focus in mind. Try to watch it another time and like let go of that a little bit. Yes. So just let go of it as much as you can. No, this is an adaptation. Don't expect yep. to see the and yeah. that you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't expect perfection. Yeah. All right. So that was really fun. And if you guys enjoyed this, like I hope you did, please go ahead and give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a rating on Spotify. Please follow us on Instagram to keep up to date with what we're doing. Feel free to give us any of your persuasion hot takes over there. Please. We want to hear them. Yes, definitely. We are at Sips and Sensibility Pod and you can like our Facebook page. We are Sips and Sensibility. So next time, uh, we are going to be doing the 1995 Persuasion, which is available for rent on Amazon starting at $2.99. So you can just, you know, hop right on over to Amazon. I know uh, by a funny turn of fate, one of us has already seen it. Um, and I am excited to see the third official Persuasion adaptation. I don't know about y'all, but until next time, just keep sipping y'all. <laughs>